You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 83 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. This episode, this episode, I'm already episode. messing up, you guys. This <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Rampian Crew Patron Supporters. Thank you. Uh, today, my special guest is Rampian Crew Patron Supporter Morgan. You have not been on in a while. It has been a minute. So hopefully we get some good bloopers from this one. But we shall see. That's true. <laughs> I actually haven't had any bloopers for a while, so it would be nice to put something on there, I guess. <laughs> well, I think the beginning of this episode, I think that'll make a good one. <laughs> that'll be just in there for next time. <laughs> so how was your Thanksgiving? Because as we record this, it's the day after uh, my husband's birthday and my auntie's birthday. So happy belated birthday to my husband, Quentin, to my favorite aunt, Robin. I know you're not supposed to have favorites. I don't care. (laughs) If you knew her, she'd be your favorite too. (laughs) That's so sweet. How was your Thanksgiving? It was really nice. It was just me, my husband, and my mom. And we had food for like 12 people. And it was really nice. And my husband, um, he smoked the turkey for us. So me and my mom just had to make the sides and we, we had a really nice time. That sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. So. so it was just us for Thanksgiving, just me and Quentin and the dogs. Mm-hmm. So we had lots of food and spent the day on our PJs watching Disney Plus and it was awesome. Awesome. It was great. I loved it. We watched Wally, which I haven't seen since... I don't know, it's probably been like a good six or seven years, and I've only seen it once before, so I was just like, oh, like the whole movie. <laughs> I I love that movie so much. It's so good, and it's so cute, and no one has learned anything since that movie. <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's one of Quentin's absolute favorite movies, so we were like, let's just spend the whole day you know, we, we have Disney Plus, and so far we've mostly used it to watch The Simpsons and the Tangled series. So it was like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's branch out a little bit and see what's on there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got to be getting some use out of that. I personally will be going to watch um, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland here very soon. 
which is the offshoot of the show Once Upon a Time. It's just this one season that they did, and it is my favorite thing ever. And you really need to watch it, too, because the friendship between Alice and the Knave of Hearts has so much uh, cinder and thorn energy. It, it is just beautiful. Like maybe we can do a bonus episode on the the ser- that that series since it's only one season. One hundred percent down. Yeah, I actually never finished Once Upon a Time. I think there's still two seasons that I have to watch. But I am on break from school for the next month, so maybe I'll watch it. I've spent I've been spending a lot of time writing, so I'm yeah, playing no. Spyro. Yeah, <laughs> the thing that I like about it is it's connected to Once Upon a Time. But you don't even really have to watch Once Upon a Time to appreciate it. Um, it It's a story in and of itself. It was designed to be one season. So it has a beginning, a middle, a full, a fully realized conclusion. Like it is, it is fantastic. I love when shows are previously designed to be a certain amount of seasons because it doesn't feel like anything drags on. Like every episode has a specific purpose. Exactly. Like Smash. That one I what I haven't watched. That is one of my absolute favorite TV series and it was magnificently done and I loved it so much. I know Ruth has talked about it before, so I will definitely have to search it out, see if I can find it anywhere. Um, That would be awesome. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, I'm so excited to go watch that. But, (laughs) okay, maybe back on topic now. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about what you're reading at the moment. Um, I have, like, three or four books that I'm supposed to be reading at the moment, Um, but the one I've currently actually listening to is the audiobook for Hero of Ages, which is the third book in the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. And my brain is like exploding from all of like the information that we're getting for why things have been the way they were the entire series. And it's just like oh my God, I only have like two or three hours left on my audiobook and I'm freaking out. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So currently I am reading The Twelve Dancing Princesses by K.M. Shea. Uh-huh. But as soon as I'm done with it, I need to read Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, crap. Because you and I are supposed to do a Patreon episode on it. And I was like, wow, I haven't read that book in a while. And I went to like grab it off of my shelf. And I was like, wow, I forgot how long this book is. So I need to start reading it. Yeah, no. Thank you for the reminder. I will be getting the <laughs> audiobook this week. Oh, uh, I wonder if the audiobook is amazing. It probably is. It's good. I really liked it. Um, yeah, no, I I like it. I haven't read that book in probably since I bought it, which would have been before I got married. So oh, it's wow. been at least eight years. Yeah. yeah, no, I only listened to it for the first time like two years ago. So it's still, it's still fairly fresh, but I definitely, definitely need to reread it. Yeah. So we're actually going to take a quick moment to talk about my listener survey. 
uh, for in case you missed the last couple of episodes, I put up another listener survey. There's a link in my bio on Instagram and on the website, princecarthianpod.com. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to get some general feedback from everybody like we did last year. There's been a lot of changes this year, especially in terms of like, you know, now I have a guest for every episode since Becca and Ashley couldn't do it anymore. But both <laughs> they both gave me some feedback for the survey. So that was nice. <laughs> so I do want to address a couple of things that got mentioned on the survey. Just because I need more information from whoever put it on there. (laughs) So one of the suggestions was better advertising so that more people can learn about the podcast. Please tell me how. I would love for more people to learn about the podcast. I would love for there to be more advertising. I do a lot of advertising already. So any suggestions are very, very, very welcome. Seriously. It also needs, <laughs> also needs to keep in mind um, the limited budget that the Prince Guy Vampire has. So yeah, that's I, true. I will say with what you have to work with, you do a fantastic job. Um, and I will sometimes as well, like spam people on Instagram. If I see, <laughs> like, if I see a picture or I see a mention of the Lunar Chronicles, I'll be like, Hey, have you seen this podcast? And then, <laughs> they listen and love it. That's, that's kind of what I do is if I see somebody who has like Marissa Meyer or TLC, I'll, I'll just be like, Hey, have you listened to this podcast yet? Cause I, I really don't know what else to do. I've been on episodes on Marissa's podcast. I mentioned on her website. She's mentioned me on her social media. During her virtual book tour, she's shouted me out several times. So I really don't know what else to do in terms of advertising. So please enlighten me. I would love any suggestion. I really would. Awesome. So another one was a TRQ segment where listeners can send in totally random questions yes please do email me princecafeampod at gmail.com message me on instagram or facebook i would love to hear more from you absolutely i like that idea i know right that sounds like fun do you think that would be a housekeeping thing or would that be a like end of the episode thing i think it would depend on the question true Probably housekeeping, unless it had to do with a specific chapter or something, in which case I would save it for said chapter so that we could discuss it, like, during chapter discussion. True. Very true. Which should be cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. There was also a suggestion to be more active on Instagram and that the the Instagram account isn't very active. I did put up a couple of question polls for suggestions on how to make the Instagram more active and didn't get in a lot of feedback about like, other than, Hey, I love your Instagram, which is great. I love hearing that. So thank you. Um, so if you do have suggestions for making the Instagram more active, I would love to hear them. Seriously. Constructive criticism is very much accepted on the podcast because I, I can't improve if I don't know how, you know? Very true. Yeah. There was a suggestion to do more character development and less chapter discussion. What I'm going to do instead is 
try to include more character development because I don't want to eliminate chapter discussion, but I can definitely try to include more discussions on growth and development of characters, especially now that we're getting like more and more into some of the specific character growth that we're going to see from, is it a spoiler? (laughs) A lot of the main characters are about to have some serious personal growth over the next few chapters. Oh, 100%. And then, of course, with Pharaoh's, it's just going to be all character discussion. Yeah, that's very true because it's very, it's very character driven. I feel like with mm-hmm, what absolutely, on. yeah, so, it's so hard to like say anything. It's like <laughs> is that a spoiler? Absolutely, I know <laughs> it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So the other thing that someone suggested was um, doing three episodes a week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie, you guys. One episode a week is a lot. Uh, That's why most podcasts do every other week, you know, like Leah and all of them. They do like one episode every other week. Some podcasts do like two a month or less. But believe me, if I had more time and more like affordability, I'd be happy to do more episodes a week. But Right now, even one is a bit of a challenge, so I apologize. It's gonna it's gonna be one chap one episode a week. Sorry. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I you if you're part of the Patreon, you've probably heard me say this before, but we would like Bethany to have her sleep. <laughs> Bethany doesn't know what that is, so the more opportunity that Bethany has for sleep the more likely this podcast is to continue on a steady schedule. So not overburdening her and letting, like, letting you breathe. 100% of, like, I want you to be stable. And I love all the work that you do. You work your butt off on this podcast, seriously. And I am like your biggest cheerleader, but I'm also going to be that one that says, go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody needs to tell me to go to bed sometimes. So it's fine. (laughs) Quentin needs like a backup. Just let me know. Yeah, I'll I'll tell him that you're available. (laughs) Especially if he gets like, especially if he gets like deployed or something. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And he's like, I don't know. He, he he sometimes is a good proponent of like, let's go to bed, sweetie. Come on. Like, yeah. So like like when I was reading the selection series and I started crying and I got really upset and he's like, I think we're done with the book for tonight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was such a good monkey. So another question was trying to do more discussion of librarianship and YA literature in general. That in and of itself could be its own podcast, but especially when I have other librarians on as guests, I will be happy to try and incorporate more of that. Again, try to give me some specifics on what you want discussed in librarianship and YA literature, because those are just a little vague, but I would definitely love to share more insight if I could. I love that, because I seriously love like the episode where you had Becca the Librarian Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I can't remember who, was it Spindles and Slippers? Of Slippers and Spindles. Yes, them. Like, both of those 
episodes were fantastic, like for learning about things about libraries and the book community, like things that I had no idea about. That was so cool. I love those episodes. Yeah, I would love to do more stuff like that. So if anybody has suggestions, let me know and specific questions that you might want answered. I'd be happy to help with that as well. Because I obviously love talking about that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) One of the questions was if I would start doing, I shouldn't say one of the questions. There's been 46 people that have filled out the survey so far. So thank you, because that is a lot. Last year, we only had 11. Oh, wow. So now to be fair, last year, we'd only been a podcast for like eight months, but still. Yeah. But out of the 46 people, 18 asked if I was ever going to start my own like review thing. Mm-hmm. I, I actually have started a book blog review, but it's still in its baby phase. I'm working on it. It's one of my goals for while I'm on school break. So hopefully it'll be done before I go back to school in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll probably add a link in the show notes and on the website for it. Okay, cool. Right? So yeah. I, I like that idea too. Another question was if I would ever do a an episode about my book uh-huh first of all yes i would love to um second of all we should discuss the fact that my book right now is mostly like scribblings of wouldn't this be cool and like maybe six chapters so uh <laughs> it's not a full book yet i don't even have like i had several people that were like when is your book coming out and i was like whoa i haven't even finished it yet let alone like gone through the whole agent and publisher maze of the universe so (laughs) yes of course if it gets published I would love to if anybody knows publishers tell them to text me but (laughs) right now it's still in very early stages yeah and then one other thing that got brought up several times was if I would ever do any episodes on like the original grim fairy tales and Mm -hmm. I want to point out that a lot of the fairy tales that like Grins did and Perdo and things like that, they're not original to them. That was just the person, the people that collected those fairy tales. They were told from a, an oral perspective for generations and generations and generations. But I do think that that would be a fun bonus episode to do. Maybe something to do, like we have our two year anniversary coming up in May. Oh. So I could see maybe doing it in May. Part of me kind of wants to wait until we finish the series because then we can draw comparisons from the whole series without it giving away spoilers. So That's I will I will think about which one is better. Maybe I'll do a poll on Instagram. Oh. Uh, and I think that was it for like suggestions on how to make the podcast better. Okay, cool. I liked all those. So lots of feedback, which I really appreciated. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll get more. (laughs) But I I definitely appreciate it. And then the other day, I hit 20,000 downloads, which is... Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Right? It seems like such a ginormous number. (laughs) That is so freaking awesome. Podbean's Podbean, the platform that I use to post the podcast they send you these little badges of like, this is how many downloads you have when you hit like major numbers, like 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. So uh-huh. I got the little badge and I was like, whoa, that's a lot. That's crazy. That is so awesome. Yeah. So big thank you 
I think that's it. I think I've talked enough. Let's move on. Um, okay. <laughs> let's talk about some Fan Art Friday. Yes. This is so cute. This is from December 11th. It was on DeviantArt. And it is the scene in Cinder with Cinder and Pearl. Pearl dancing around in her dress and teasing Cinder about being an ugly cyborg. And Cinder's saying that she her boots make her ankles look fat, which is one of my... One of my favorite moments of the story. Yes. (laughs) Which I know people have said that, like, that kind of commentary is, like, pinning women against each other. But I don't don't think it's meant to be that way, guys. Some people really are just mean. Yeah, there are those who are (laughs) mean-spirited. And I don't see anything wrong with telling your stepsister her ankles look fat. gotta you gotta let people know they there's definitely been times where my sister Lindsay has been like hey i love you um don't wear that it's not flattering and i've been like thank you because i didn't know exactly you need people to tell you these things or best friend that's also what they're there for or husbands yes them too yeah mine's great sometimes i'll be like is this cute and he'll be like yeah no that's not cute (laughs) oh my goodness totally off subject already but he bought us matching shoes oh my gosh oh i saw that picture you posted for his birthday y'all are dorks that was adorable (laughs) we are such nerds (laughs) we (laughs) we might be the biggest nerds i know (laughs) (laughs) nothing like a librarian and a gamer getting married to have like the perfect nerd couple right (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah he he used some of his birthday money to buy himself a new pair of shoes and it was buy one, get one free. So he bought, he bought me a matching pair to go with him. So now we have matching sneakers. That's adorable. (laughs) He was very proud of himself for that too, by the way. He was like, I know I'm pretty adorable right now. And I was like, yeah, until you called you that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So I just really loved this. I love when we get panel art like this, where it's like a comic or like a graphic novel or something. Oh yeah. By the way, Marissa, I know that you're really busy, but we would all love a graphic novel version of every book you've ever written. So if you ever have the time and are looking for inspiration... Yay. Yeah. <laughs> you know how some books will do like a graphic novel version after their book came out a few years ago or something? Like I would be down for that. That's fine with me. Yeah, no. I know um the Shadow Hunters, the City of Bones, they have graphic novels of those ones. So I would could definitely see um this one being a graphic novel or like a manga, which is the Japanese um comics. That, that would be fine with 100% me. Hundred percent. See, that would be so cool. Yeah, that would make me super duper happy. <laughs> so last week, Patreon members voted for chapter titles. Chapter thirty three is "If This Was a Movie" by Taylor Swift. Chapter thirty four is "Man in the Mirror" by Michael Jackson. Okay. Which I was excited about. I loved that song for. Yeah. And that's it, kids. We're done with housekeeping. Yay! Yay! <laughs> So today we're going to talk about chapter 35 of Cress. It is going to be a solo chapter. There's quite a few things that go down that we need to discuss. So, (laughs) Oh, yes. This is honestly one of my favorite chapters. 
Oh, well, good thing you got it then. Yeah, no, I was. (laughs) Sneak peek, everyone say thank you to Morgan because of scheduling issues. My original host, my original guest couldn't be here. So Morgan stepped in at pretty, pretty literally the last minute. I think you had like, what, three days notice? Three days notice. And then I forgot the day of. So... (laughs) We got started a little later than planned, but I'm so here. let's all take a moment and <laughs> give snaps for Morgan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very appreciated. Yes. So last week we left off. Kai and Torin were discussing ending the cyborg draft. Awesome. This week we start off in Cinder's perspective. She, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of our first look at Cinder. In her book, chapter one, when she was like messing with her, taking off her old foot and she was in the hot sun and she's upset about working and being in the August heat. Because like now she's in the hot desert and there's sand everywhere and it's getting in the middle of her cyborg joints. (laughs) Yeah. And she's exhausted. Mm -hmm. She's worried about Wolf. Understandable. Yeah. And the townsfolk keep bringing her stuff, and she doesn't know what to do with herself. She's not used to adoration. I I get that she's not used to it, though. It's weird, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it would be a weird thing to adjust to. She's used to people being, like, afraid of her or uncomfortable, yeah, prejudiced. All of that. She used she used the word disgusted a lot. Yeah. So this is very different for her. Definitely. Definitely. But it's nice that the townspeople are so appreciative of her. And so we're gonna talk about more character development, right? This is a, a change in Cinder's character. She's getting she's getting treated differently by the people around her. Oh yeah. A couple of chapters ago, we talked about people getting cyborg tattoos to to look like her and things like that. So, oh, the, yeah. that would be very disconcerting for me. Like yeah. someone gets a tattoo of your body or like of, oh, I don't know. I would not be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have tattoos. So, like, I don't want it to be, like, that – I don't want it misunderstood that I'm against tattoos. I have three of them. I've considered getting more. No, but- same. I have two tattoos. But I just feel like someone else getting a tattoo of, like, something from your body. It's – it's yeah, it's an, it's an unusual form of flattery. Yeah. Like, if, <laughs> if they were getting her name, maybe that would be okay. Hmm. So, no. I'm weird about <laughs> names too. <laughs> still still kind of creepy. Yeah. I okay. So because I know people are gonna be like, well, "What are your tattoos now?" Right. So I have the symbol from the TV show Charmed on my foot. Nuh-uh. I do. <laughs> it was my very first tattoo. My mom bought it for me for my 18th birthday, and I thought I was the most badass person in the world for having it, and I still love it. It's one of my favorites. Oh, that's awesome. I have a a drawing of Vikram from the Romanian version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Vikram is the man that was cursed inside the mirror. Oh. And I have the words, 
the words long live tattooed on my rib cage, which my sisters were supposed to get a matching version of, and it was going to be our sister tattoo because that is our song, like our sister song. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay, if you're listening, which I know you are any day now, girl, <laughs> oh. she was like 16 when I got it. So it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till you're an adult. But she is a grown up now. She is in her mid twenties. So get on that. <laughs> yes. that is Do you so- like how pressuring I am to my baby sister? <laughs> yes. No, actually. So the two that I have, I have a butterfly on my shoulder and I have a lace heart with roses on my right ankle. Um, and then I was actually supposed to be getting one with mom on her next visit to here which obviously did not happen, you know, COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But we are going to get the lyrics to You Are My Sunshine. Oh. So. I love we'll that. that. at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I definitely think that this is a big character moment for Cinder. Just this whole experience living in this town with these people who know they don't know the the princess thing, right? But like they know that she's cyborg, they know that she's lunar, they know that she's a fugitive. They like admire and appreciate her and almost revere her. They trust her so much. Yeah. Mhm. You know, it's like the shopkeeper said like we don't know if this if she's going to stop if she's going to stop Lavana, but we know she's the only one trying. Yeah. We know um, she's the only one not running around appeasing her. Yeah. And really it takes that first step. Like it, it's not always that that first person is going to be able to accomplish it, but that they, that someone's willing to make the effort. Um, a lot of times then you'll see everybody else fall in. Yeah, absolutely. Which we can see if we look at our own history Mm -hmm. by our, I mean the world. Yeah. She's also been spending a lot of time arguing with Dr. Erland. Yes. Because she's still trying to figure out how to stop the wedding. And he's like, but you need to go to Luna. Again, I agree with Dr. Erland. Yeah, she <laughs> has a point, though. Like, She has a lot of good points. It just still cracks me up that she's like, why do I need to go to Luna? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that rock in the sky you're destined to rule, perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. That whole conversation is... It's funny, but at the same time, it's like, uh, like, <laughs> it's a yeah. little painful for her. Yeah. It's, uh, it reminds me of if anybody's read the Princess Diaries series, the books, which are, I just did a massive reread of the entire series and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It also explains why I'm so dramatic, but thanks, Meg Cabot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she finds out she's a princess, and they're like, so you'll have to move to Genovia. And she's like, why would I have to leave Manhattan and move to Genovia? And it's like, because you're the princess and you're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why aren't you getting this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she does want to stop the wedding first, because what good does it do her to overthrow Lavana on Luna if she still has control of the Commonwealth? Exactly. Yeah. And they only have a week until the wedding to figure it all out. And so far, their plan is stop the wedding. That's it. 
That is a legit plan, yo. <laughs> it's, it again reminds me of Dr. Erlon being like, that's your whole plan. And then his plan was like, we need to go to Luna. And she's like, how? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, these are more like ideas than actual planned events. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they, they come up with, she comes up with a couple of ideas throughout this chapter that we'll get to discuss. Poor Aiko has been stuck in the ship by herself for just like hours on end. Poor baby. I feel like, so bad for her. Yeah. Like if she could at least, like if they have like a port screen and they could like, maybe set up a camera on there to make it like her eyes. That would at least be nice. Something like that. You'd think somebody like a mechanic could figure that out. Yeah. Or just something, you know? Yeah. Walkie talkie. I don't know. (laughs) Something. At least she has the kind of a walkie talkie with sender. That's true. They have, they have a way to communicate better, but I do feel bad for her being stuck on the ship this whole time. And she's obviously feeling the the strain of it. Yeah. And I love Cinder talks about, they're trying to wean Wolf off the sedatives Mm -hmm. and Aiko sighs as the ship. She like releases a hiss of oxygen. I love these character traits for Aiko that she still acts she still has, like, very sentient mannerisms, even, even as a ship. Yes. Love it. Is there any news Cinder wants to know? Why, yes, actually there is. The Emperor demands an immediate, de- an immediate discontinuation of the cyborg draft. Which is awesome. Awesome. And Cinder's also like, what? Yeah. Well, you see... I'm gonna go. I know it's a little long, but I'm gonna go ahead and read Kai's speech because I don't know how to. How, I I would rather read it than try to explain it when I know he says it so well. You know, true. So if you're trying to keep up, I'm on page 312. This policy change in no way indicates a sense of hopelessness. We are not giving up on finding a cure for lotomosis. Please be aware that our team has made stunning progress in the pa- in the past months, and I am confident that we are on the verge of a breakthrough. So I want to talk about that first half right there. Obviously, there is a breakthrough because Kai already knows that there's an antidote, and then he's going to get his hands on it because yeah. Levana has it. Do yeah. you think if Levana didn't have the antidote, if he didn't have that coming his way, he would have canceled the draft? No, because I feel like the reason a good portion of the reason for the cancelization besides the cinder thing is we know there's a cure it's incoming and we don't have to like sacrifice lives or Mm -hmm. that he knows of um to get the antidote from luna yeah, so. I agree. I completely agree. I think that ha- I think that if there wasn't an antidote that they already knew was coming, that was like already available at their fingertips, I think that perhaps he he would still be uncomfortable with the draft, but I don't think he would cancel it altogether. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy. I think maybe not easy, but like it's obviously a little bit easier for him to reassure his people when he secretly knows that there is a cure out there and he just has to do what he has to do to get his hands on it. Yeah, exactly. 
And like yeah. the, the breakthrough that he's talking about is that antidote. So it's honestly, I don't think he would have been able to take the guilt if he had allowed it to continue knowing that there is an antidote. Like, or if it came out after the fact that, oh, hey, we knew about this antidote, but we kept doing the draft. Like, that could have been even worse, too. Well, because let's think about they're getting, if nothing else, there's another seven days of the draft. If nothing else, the wedding is not for a week. We know they're not going to get the antidote for a week. Mm-hmm. So if nothing else, that's still seven more people that would die. Exactly. At, at least because obviously like it doesn't mean wedding and then vaccine and hand it out to the people. So yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very stressful. Yeah. I obviously don't like having to point this out because I adore Kai. Have you heard the name of my podcast? But I think that we have to be transparent And I think that the fact that there is a cure out there is a heavy influencer on this decision of his. Definitely. Yeah. And I do think it's important to acknowledge that. And I I don't think it takes away from the decision that he's made, like the heroics behind canceling the draft and everything. But I think it's important to acknowledge that 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 element plays a factor. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you can also throw in there, had he not met Cinder, not that he wouldn't care, but it wouldn't be, he wouldn't be as aware or conscious of it to understand because a lot of people, it takes that having that personal relationship to a situation or to something happening for them to have that wake up moment of, oh my gosh, this is real. Or, oh my gosh, I, I heard about this thing, but it never mattered to me. So I never cared about it, which is kind of sad, but it's really human nature. I completely agree. And I'm sure we can all think back to a time in our lives when something we knew about played a bigger role when it started to affect us personally or someone we knew personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a good example would be the Black Lives Matter movement that happened this year that's still happening now is that that the concern and safety for how black lives are treated in our country and in others across the world is not new, but people are finally starting to vocalize their support for that community. And that's that is new. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, a lot more conscious and a lot more just because it's not affecting you doesn't mean you shouldn't care. Absolutely. It, that means you should care more because you have the option of not being involved or it not affecting you. You have the privilege. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wonder. Yeah, absolutely. Kai says... I want all those who are suffering from this sickness or have loved ones who are battling it right now to know that this is not a sign of defeat. We will never give up until letimosis has been eradicated from our society. Again, it's I, again, I feel like it's easier for him to be so reassuring 
knowing that that cure is already available, knowing that there is already a way to eradicate it from society. Yep. Yeah. However, it recently came to my attention that the use of the cyborg draft to further our research was an antiquated practice that was neither necessary or justifiable. That, I think, is the main component that we were just talking about. It recently came to his attention because as his conversation with Torrin exposed, he's known about this law his whole life. He studied the law. Mm Mm-hmm. He studied the cyborg laws. He knows about the draft. He knows how it got in set into place and everything. It just never occurred to him to question the law. It never occurred to him to question the draft. It never occurred to him to question how or why cyborgs were treated differently and whether or not treating them differently had negative repercussions. Yep. And Torin specifically pointed out, like, because of Cinder. I know Kai said no, but yes. Yeah. Obviously because of Cinder, because Cinder made him realize that there's a community of his citizens that he doesn't, he's not familiar with, and he doesn't know their their plight, and he hasn't done anything to try to get to know it either. Exactly. So this is his his first step, his olive branch. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and hopefully that on the one side, you're going to see where it's going to upset people because they think that the um, they aren't trying to find a cure anymore. But on the other side, you're going to have those who are a member of that minority and people who have family members who are of that mem- minority who are going to think it's so, so brave of him and so wonderful for him to do this. Um, yeah. So, because cyborgs all over the country, all over the world, Mm -hmm. are listening to this speech from him and realizing there is a world leader out there who cares about our community. Exactly. And this treatment of cyborgs is not specific to the Eastern Commonwealth. They are treated like second class citizens all across the country, all across the world. So, yeah, there are this this could set in a chain a chain reaction or the hope is that I should I should say the hope is that it would have a response that would set in a chain like a series of motions where other people would also consider are their practices and laws antiquated and unjustifiable. Yeah. So my favorite line from um, Beauty and the Beast, or one of my favorite lines, I should say, is the um, one where Cogsworth is like, if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. I don't actually believe that. Like, mm-hmm. just because things have been a certain way or just because things have been like that doesn't mean it doesn't take a second look. Like, just because it's the way things have been done or the way things have always been, that doesn't mean it's right. And that doesn't mean that it should stay that way. Absolutely. We talked about this a lot because of the protests that have been going on this year and the changes that have been made because where I live, there's a common saying of that's not how we do things down here. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't like that saying. Definitely. But definitely over this summer, I was like, no, it's not, but it is how you should be doing things. And that's why people are protesting in the streets. Mm -hmm. 
because for hundreds of thousands of years, things weren't broke, don't fix it. But just because something isn't broken doesn't mean it functions properly or that it's effective or efficient or that it has the best intentions for everyone involved. Yeah, you have to take all parts into consideration. So changes in a society for older laws, like you can go through, um, like if you Google stupid old laws or this, this was really a law, like you will go insane. Like they are so crazy. The things that used to be laws or the things, the some things that are still laws, but they're just too ridiculous to even bother with changing. I mean, some of them are kind of silly. Like in Washington state, it's illegal to kill Bigfoot. <laughs> this is all I'm, I, I needed to Google it just in case I was wrong, but it's a felony and punishable by up to five years in prison. <laughs> Because in the state of Washington, Bigfoot is an endangered species. This was passed in 1969. It's still a law. Uh, I know this because I grew up in Illinois. (laughs) And I I didn't know that it wasn't a law in the entire universe until we moved out of Illinois. It is illegal to sell a car on Sundays in Illinois. What? Yep. Huh. It is illegal to sell a car in Illinois on Sundays. I know this because when we moved to Nebraska, I just assumed that was a law everywhere, by the way. It never occurred to me to question it. When we moved to Nebraska, Quentin went to look at a car on a Sunday and I was like, it's Sunday. And he was like, yeah, funny story. Like, cause he also grew up in Illinois. So <laughs> we had this whole conversation. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. No, we're going to totally tangent on this. If if we don't get back on track. <laughs> well, I just, it's something to take into consideration, you know, just yeah. because, just because there is a law doesn't mean that it's necessarily a good law, mm-hmm. you know, or necess- that, or that it shouldn't be, or that it shouldn't be taken into consideration. Yeah. You know, maybe it shouldn't, you know, it should still be looked into. Yeah. Definitely. And it's always good to re-examine things and why why is the status quo, quo the way it is? Like, yes, just ask questions. Ask questions and look into things and find out the reasons. And if you don't think something's right, like, stand up for it. Protest or... Um, write your politicians or doing, we have so many options available to us. If we see something as an injustice or we question something, is this really right? Like try and do something. If you don't think something's right, see what you can do. I mean, look and see if you can find others who um, you can assist or something like that. There's always avenues that you can go to. Mm-hmm. And there's, and that's something, it's important to keep that into consideration, especially because when you're younger, you don't necessarily think about that stuff. Yeah. But honestly, with the climate of the world right now, the younger you are and the more hungry you are for information and the more you research and like 
the more you find injustice and recognize and learn things, the better off you're going to be. Um, I just, uh, the, the way things are right now, I have such faith in the younger generations that they have. Mm-hmm. They're going to do Absolutely. so much better. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I 100% agree. And I look forward to living in a world where that exists. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So it's nice that Kai is living in a world where, well, not for Kai, I guess, because he's about to hit some serious backlash. But it's nice for the sideworks in the community to know that somebody is questioning those laws. Oh, yeah, definitely. So here's the part that I like. We are a society that values human life. All human life. Are you listening, Fatine? <laughs> they are humans. Because that was her thing. It's better than testing on humans. They're still humans, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but that's my you, thing. <laughs> I feel like with the the doctors that they have who are looking for the antidote... I feel like they're more scientists than they are doctors. There's so. not the concept of like <laughs> healing. Yes. First do no harm. Yes. You know? That that level of compassion, at least for cyborgs, seems to be irrelevant. Exactly. So and it may be that they really consider the cyborgs to be no different than androids which because I think they have like some prejudice to the androids too um with especially at least the lunars do because they don't allow the androids at all um but the humans just see androids as tools and things to use and then we see like Ico who has a personality who has um human traits she's seen as an an anomaly she's seen as dangerous because of Mm -hmm. those attributes that she has and we see the way that Jason treats her because of that yeah especially this especially this chapter Yeah, (laughs) he keeps calling her the ship. Yes. The purpose of our research facilities is to staunch the loss of that life as quickly and humanly as possible and humanely as possible. The draft went against that value and I believe belittled all that we have accomplished in the 126 years since our country was formed. Our country was built on a foundation of equality and togetherness, not prejudice and hatred. I am I anticipate the criticism and backlash that this decision will cause. I am fully aware that letimosis is a problem that affects every one of us and that my decision to end the cyborg draft without first conferencing with my cabinet and representatives is both unexpected and unconventional. Okay, we're going to pause right there. It's unexpected and unconventional, but not against the law. No, because he is the emperor. He is not an elected official. There's not a constitution that protects the citizens' right to representation. Yeah. So he has the right to make a decision with or without his counsel's input. No, that's probably not going to make them very happy, but... But I like the fact that 
it's unprecedented, that it's unexpected and unorthodox. That means that it's not typically done where the emperor just decides to do things. Despite the fact that this isn't a constitutional monarchy, the emperor still concedes a lot of his information, like gathers a lot of information from his council and his advisors and from his citizens through their representatives. So it makes me wonder if the representatives are at least elected. It could be very likely. Yeah, that would be my guess. Or at least hopeful. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I could not stand by while our citizens were being forced to sacrifice their lives under a mistaken belief that their lives are less valuable than those of their peers. Can we get some snaps for Kai? Yes, definitely. Under a mistaken belief that their lives are less valuable than those of their peers. First of all, peers. He is saying that cyborg citizens are equal to human citizens, which, as Cinder points out, is not legally the case. She is property. Mm -hmm. She is the property of her guardian, as are all cyborgs. Yeah. She doesn't have her own... um... Oh, what's the word? Not anatomy. Um, Autonomy? Autonomy, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But she doesn't have, basically, the rights to her own... She doesn't have the rights to her own money. She doesn't basically have the rights to her own being. She can't make a choice to work or not work. Yeah, I think that would fall under autonomy. Because autonomy is the right to self-govern, right? Yes. So I would I would say that falls into autonomy. Yeah. So, and a kind of another side, um, side thing. So in the in the news, like I don't follow much celebrity media and that kind of stuff, but I have heard um, of the situation that's going on with Britney Spears. Have you heard much about that? Very little. All I know is that her father has some kind of legal control over all aspects of her life. Yes. So that's what kind of the situation with Cinder and the cyborgs makes me think of. Is like, she's an adult, but has no control over the decisions. She has no control over what music she makes, over where she performs. She has no control over all any of that she has no control over her money her dad has control over everything and that's pretty much what cinder had with audrey like no choices no options she just had to do what she was told yeah and it's unfortunate that anyone would have to live that way definitely it's it's like a very it's a very severe level of power of attorney yeah yeah. So. The Letamosis research team will be developing new strategies for the continuation of their research, and we at the palace are optimistic that this change will not hinder our ongoing search for an antidote. Again, there's already an antidote, and Kai knows about it, so... Yeah. You know. We will continue accepting test subjects on a volunteer basis. Whoa! 
Kai, you know that there's an antidote. Why are you going to continue to take test subjects? Are you just assuming no one's going to volunteer? I mean, I could see that as a potential because I think the volunteer amount is pretty low. But I think if he works it the correct way, because what, the wedding's supposed to be in a week? So if he's putting a stop to everything, I don't think they could really have um, get things back and going for just volunteers within the week. Yeah, that's true. Because they probably have like the list already that they're going off of if they do one a day. So Well, also for volunteers, like we know that there's a placebo because in book one... Dr. Airline asked them to give the placebo to the 6% guy. Oh, yeah. So maybe Kai is like, okay, look, there's an antidote. So from now on, all volunteers get the placebo, but we need to keep a volunteer image for the public. That's highly likely. I can see my thought. About that. I'm trying to think of things diplomatically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the end of this speech. There is a comm link below for anyone wanting more information on the volunteer process. Thank you. I will not be taking questions today. Smart man. Right? <laughs> I would not. That's, that's where you go. Thank you and good night. <laughs> yes. I would not want to take questions that day either. I wouldn't want to take questions, period. Yeah. I mean, it was honestly a spur of the moment. And yeah, no, it's something that needed to be done and questions can come later answers can come later and they will (laughs) yeah so i want to talk about cinder hugging herself yes in the midst of his um speech speech while listening to it cinder watched him with a weakness in her limbs she yearned to reach into the screen and wrap her arms around him and say thank you but thousands of miles away, she found herself hugging herself instead. Mm. Mm. That's so sad. Like, but it's not even that she wants to hug him for a dude. I'm totally crushing on this guy. It's a, oh my God, you see me as a human being. And I want to. And you see, you, you see that. her fellow cyborgs as a, as human beings. Yeah, that too. And that their lives are valuable. Oh, yeah. Again, one of the first things we learned in book one in Cinder was that cyborg lives were less valuable because they'd supposed because they'd already been saved by science. Exactly. And Kai is saying that they're just as valuable as human lives. Mm -hmm. Because they are human lives. There's no difference. Yeah. Cinder is like trying to deal with this speech. She's trying to think of what's going on with the speech mm-hmm. and how he's trying to unravel decades of cyborg prejudice. And she starts to wonder, has he done it for her? Aiko is like, I know, isn't he fantastic? Have you moved on to the escort droids yet? Uh, I'm sorry, the what? <laughs> That's a weird... Um... That's a weird transition. What yeah. escort droids? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The hostility has already begun, though. 
one journalist has already written criticisms accusing Kai of unjust and preferential treatment, probably because he invited a cyborg to the ball. Yes, but I would like to point out, equal is not preferential. Yes. Seeking equal rights is not looking to one-up the other. It's no, it's seeking on equal. level playing field. Yeah, I agree. So Aiko found this confidential order form because she's this amazing little hacker. And I, I love that first, before we talk about the escort droids, we have to talk about Queen Lavana's boring flower choices. Because Aiko is like hardcore judging her flower arrangement of lilies and hosta leaves, which automatically makes me feel bad for my sister, Lindsay, because her favorite flower is lilies. (laughs) So sorry, Lindsay. I don't know what, what, I don't know what Aiko's problem is. Orchids are just very um, rare and exotic and Mm -hmm. very, very easy to kill because Ryan doesn't buy me them anymore for, like, my birthday or Valentine's Day because I kill them. But they're pretty. They're very pretty. My favorite flower is daisies. Oh. I love daisies. I think they are just really happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've just always been a very happy-looking plant to me. Um. So, but I, I just love that in the midst of everything that's going on, Aiko reserves a moment to judge the predator on her flower arrangements for a wedding. Yes. <laughs> that's so Aiko. <laughs> so Aiko has stumbled upon the order form. It looks like Kai did take Priya's suggestion. He ordered 60 escort droids for the wedding. Only reality ones, the more lifelike, the better. Yes. So they have like actual human traits and don't have crazy hair colors. Um, Imperfections. Yes. The imperfections I find interesting. It makes them look more human. I mean, I'm covered in imperfections. I have, well, if nothing else, I have a huge birthmark on my arm. It's like, it's like three inches long. Like it's apps and it's not hidden it's not like a cute birthmark either. It's absolutely huge. Um, they're called coffee stains in my culture because it looks like a coffee stain on a carpet. You can oh, wow. Google coffee stain birthmark. It's not. <laughs> you can Google coffee stain birthmark and you'll see why they're uh, called that. So everybody who wants to understand what Bethany's talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe if you ask nicely, I'll share a picture of mine. Yeah. Um, but it's like three inches long and it's right on top of my elbow. So, I mean, it's pretty big. And it's one of those things that are like, when I was a kid, people would make fun of me and say it looked like I had dirt on my arm. Oh. Which I still get. I still get people that, that are like, oh, you have dirt on your arm. And I would be like, no, it's a birthmark. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I also have like scars. I have a giant scar on my face. That's it's like an inch long and it's on my cheekbone. Um, 
I'm married to a ginger and there are a lot of people, I disagree with them strongly, but there are a lot of people who consider freckles imperfections. Oh, they're so cute. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of imperfections in people. And I think that I could see why it would be like appealing to have an Android that would look more human like, so that you're not like constantly reminded that, that it's not real. Yeah, but you're also trying to trick the lunars into this is a human being. (laughs) Well, I also just, I would just, I just was pointing out like the market value in general of having that type of escort droid. Mm -hmm. So there's a light bulb that goes off because Cinder gets an idea from the palace. The palace is smuggling in all these, all these androids that look like humans with the human staff and she's like oh i'm so glad that they're taking a precaution (gasps) what if we smuggled onto luna because that's how we there's all these lunar ships coming to earth what if we changed that Mm -hmm. so now we're developing a plan yes she wants to Maybe not stop the wedding, but maybe they can delay the wedding, persuade Lavana to host it on Luna instead of Earth, and then they can sneak onto one of the Earthen ships that's going to Luna, and that will that will solve two problems. That will delay the wedding and get her to Luna. Yes. So Well, it, how the hell is she gonna do that? Well, she just needs to get Kai to trust her. That's yep. not hard. That's not hard at all. They obviously haven't had a rocky and unusual relationship with a lot of boundaries in the first place. And she's given him every reason to trust her. What with the whole cyborg lunar lie thing. Exactly. Not a big deal. Right. I'm not, by the way, I'm not for listeners who just got bad at Bethany. I'm not calling Cinder a liar. I'm saying from Kai's perspective, she lied about being a cyborg and a lunar. He has a lot of reasons not to trust her. She's also on the run as a fugitive who he's supposed to be trying to capture. Yes. He escapes <laughs> from his jail. With another boy. Yes. <laughs> I, took, right there. I love the chapter where Kai looks at the picture of Thorne and is like, ugh, he's attractive. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he it's like this moment where you can tell that he's an 18 year old boy because he should be mad that she escaped prison not that it was with some hot guy <laughs> <laughs> priority <laughs> but he's like oh man it's with a good looking guy too <laughs> priorities Hi. so first they have to sneak into the palace of course Aiko wants a fancy dress Of course. Who doesn't? It's a royal wedding. Right? So they just need to get some invitations. Yes. They're actually sending out paper invitations this year. How classy. I also wrote in my notes, very convenient for the plot. Right. (laughs) That they're not all, that they're not digital, digital invitations like we would send now even. Yes. Um. But they are easy to steal. So how many does she need? Just a couple. Yeah. I mean, but they have to figure out who is it that's going to the wedding. Because her options are her, Wolf, the doctor, and Jacin. 
Yeah, which um, at least three of the four of those are going to be very recognizable. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so her glamour skills better get um, much stronger between now and then. Yep. Because they can't glamour themselves very well. No. No. I mean, the doctor, the doctor, maybe. But she doesn't trust his glamour skills. Fair. Because does she know he's going, like, a little cuckoo already? Yeah. I couldn't remember. I know it's hard when you just randomly read one chapter to talk about. (laughs) It's like, what context is happening in the rest of the book, though? Yeah, no. Yeah. But before, so she says, okay, I think we're going to need to... And Iko screams. Actually, I think the word they use is shrieks. Yes, she shrieks. Can I read that line? Because Yeah, go for it. Okay. Oh, then Iko shrieked. An ear-splitting, metal-on-metal, overheated processor and wires-on-fire shriek. Like, can you imagine that sound? Like, I just hear, like, grinding nails on a chalkboard like that had to be god awful i hear like when people try to put a speaker up to a microphone oh yeah oh yeah that's what i was thinking in my that's what came to my head oh yeah i bet yeah and this is where jacin annoys me because he comes out and he's like why is the ship screaming and i'm like her name is aiko (laughs) well i mean to be fair i don't think well even like um lunars i don't think they're very used to androids anyway so not being used to androids and then the ship starts screaming it just he's taken aback he's also not very nice no he's very abrasive as cinder said yes he is very abrasive and he takes very abrasive But I love Aiko. Do you want to read her line too? The no, everything is not fine. Yeah. No, everything is not fine. How can they be invited? I've never seen a bigger injustice in my programmed life. And believe me, I have seen some injustices. Did we mention what the injustice was? I don't think we mentioned what the injustice was. Oh, yeah. We just, we got so excited. (laughs) Lynn! Lynn Audrey and daughter Lynn Pearl of New Beijing, Eastern Commonwealth Earth, are invited to the wedding of the century. Yes. And Aiko is not. (laughs) They get to go to the party. She was also awarded 80,000 units for her assistance in the manhunt for Tinder. That's insane. $80,000? That's like two years' salary for the average American. Before tax. If we assume if we assume one unit is the equal to one dollar. Yeah. Just crazy. Well, and then so after Sin or after Ico had gone off about the injustice, I love that Jason just raised his eyebrow at Cinder, like, what the heck is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets really annoyed. He's like, Your ship has some messed up priorities, you know that? I love this. I love it. Iko, my name is Iko. If you don't stop calling me the ship, I'm going to make sure you never have hot water during your showers again. Do you understand me? <laughs> and Jacin, yeah, hold that thought while I go disable the speaker system. 
What? No! <laughs> what? You can't mute me. Cinder! I, yep. It just feels like a brother-sister. Like, I know, I and Cinder is like, wobble. kids, stop fighting. Mommy has an idea. <laughs> Mommy has a headache, apparently. I also wrote in my notes, like, next to where Aiko says, uh, my name is Aiko. I wrote, I wrote, yes, girl, cue Destiny's Child, say my name. (laughs) (laughs) Jacin says, uh, I was at the ball, remember? Really? Yeah, turns out you don't forget someone holding a gun to your head. Oh, no, definitely not. What he wants to talk about is that he can remember her being publicly humiliated, almost shot in the head, and ultimately arrested. So he wants to know why she wants to go there. Why does she want to go back to the the palace? Well, I mean, can't you think of any reason why I would want to go back? No, just so you can have a fling with Kai. Yeah. We get a lot of information from Jacin here. Yeah. So they go back and forth for a few minutes. And then she punches him. And she punches him, which makes me so happy. Not that I support violence, but I'm also like, yeah, girl, tell him. Yes. (laughs) You notice that she did not use the metal hand, which she did in Fightings with Wolf. (laughs) Again, if I had a metal hand and I was fighting for my life, that is the only thing I would punch with. Also, yeah. I'd be kicking people with my metal foot, but that's just me. Yeah, no, fair. <laughs> Apparently, I was in a song mood because I wrote in my notes, when Cinder punches him, cue Fifth Harmonies, that's my girl song. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been in a musical mood. Yeah. So, she said, Jacin is like, why do you care? It's not your problem. Well, it is her problem. She doesn't want the queen to sink her teeth into her, sink her claws into her country the way that she ruined his. Ours. It's not just his. It's ours. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Some overzealous sense of patriotism for a country that's trying to hunt you down as we speak. You do have some fried wires. In case you didn't realize it, the second you step foot on common, on Commonwealth soil... You're dead. Yes. Thanks for that stellar vote of confidence. Yes. And back- in my notes, I wrote bro in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then going back to the fried wire part. So up above, after right after she had hit him. Yeah. Um, because- he's like, did I hit a nerve or was it a wire that time? You have plenty of both, right? I love that. This was. That's why so abrasive. (laughs) Because we really get to see Jason. Like, yeah, is he's not a nice guy. He is so frustrating, but he's not wrong. He's and that's the part that's annoying. Is like he's not. We all all know that one person that is just a little too honest, right? Yes. And they don't, they don't hold, pull their punches. They don't hold back. They are brutally honest. 
I would say that that's in my family, that's my birth mom. And I think my sisters would probably agree with me that she is just downright savage sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we had a, a, we had a zoom meeting the other day. So because my mom's getting married. And so we were talking about the wedding and my mom legit said to me, by the way, I'm 30. Okay. My mom legit said to me, I think it's time for you to start using eye cream, sweetie. <gasps> I was like, that's pretty savage. <laughs> oh my Girl, God. Her first comment was she hadn't seen my blonde hair yet. So she was like, oh, it makes you look younger. And then she like leaned in to look at the camera and was like, I think it's time you start using eye cream. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because she's so savage. Like, and I, it's not like a she's not like calling me ugly or old or anything right like obviously my mom's older than me but (laughs) but she's just you know she's just one of those people she says things oh yeah (laughs) I have a feeling my mom and Jacin would get along very well or perhaps they would just constantly bicker at who was more abrasive oh yes yeah you know how people have resting bitch face yeah I think Jacin has has resting bitch personality. <laughs> I definitely see that. Definitely Is that a thing? That. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, I'm sure he has that face too. Because right? he, was just, he was just chosen for his looks. Like yep. <laughs> so he probably has that like square jaw, like no nonsense look. And I can definitely see him having a rich resting bitch face, but is actually a bitch. So. Yep. yep. And again, my mom, I love my mom, but she definitely has. And she will tell you herself that she has resting bitch face and that she's proud of it. So I'm not like a horrible daughter right now. <laughs> Everything I just said about my mom, I, I, I know my mom. If I told her that to her face, she'd be like, yep. <laughs> so Jacin goes. You don't seem like the type of girl to sacrifice yourself over some hyped up delusions of true love. So what aren't you telling me? Don't tell me you're obsessed over this wedding because you actually think you're in love with him. While we're all stressed out, let's have a moment with Aiko. I am madly. Yes, Aiko. Like we didn't know. I know, but I just love being reminded. (laughs) I love Aiko. She's so sweet. Yeah. But no, she doesn't have delusions of love. She's doing this because she's the only one who can, because she's going to throw overthrow Lavana. I'm going to make sure she can't hurt anyone else. And then he asks, you think you're capable of overthrowing Lavana? But like, before that, Jacin gaped at her like she just sprouted an android arm from the top of her head. Yeah. Jacin is like, wait a minute, what the f- did you just say yes there's you're a gonna you're gonna overthrow who how what <laughs> why would you even bother why do you care basically right that's kind of the whole idea don't you isn't that the entire reason you're helping us stars no i'm not crazy i'm here because i saw an opportunity to go away, get away from that thaumaturge without getting killed yeah, no, he is not there to help Cinder no. regain control of her country because he serves only his princess. Because as it turns out, there's two princesses. 
Cinder is not his princess. Huge plot twist. His princess is Winter. And there's like 40 A catches here. So go join Patreon and read all of them. It's insane. Um, But yeah, Princess Winter. Princess Winter is his princess. He had no idea that Celine or Cinder is Celine. So she's been going with the pretense that he knows who I am. Queen Lavana, it must have gotten out because Queen Lavana knows who I am. So he must know who I am. And he wants to follow the rightful heir. None of that is actually real. (laughs) No. (laughs) And you know what? It explains a lot. Yes. I love if you if you go back and look, it explains a lot. Yeah, and I love Iko's just oh. <laughs> I love Iko because, like, in Iko's brain, it's kind of like ooh plot twist because yeah. she like loves net dramas. Yes, so I I feel like it's Iko's way of being like ooh didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, the only. <laughs> I'm going back, like, I'm looking back and forth. I think there was another part. So back to the um, Jason and Ico. Um, yeah. On the previous page when, um, after Ico was saying that she was madly in love with Kai, um, Jason is just gesturing at the ceiling speakers. Where did you even find her? Like, he's so aghast and so offended at her existence. (laughs) It's the same as Kai, who was, like, saying that she's a bit of an anomaly. And Cinder is like, actually, she came that way. Yes. (laughs) I did did nothing. Yeah. So there are quite a few eggs here, like, being hatched. There's quite a few moments throughout the last few chapters where Jacin is very cryptic. And vague and those answers if you look back on them now it's because he thinks that she's just like some crazy earthen cyborg dead set on getting rid of Lavana for who knows why yeah uh but it's actually that he doesn't his fealty isn't to her it's to princess winter but because he said he serves his princess and we didn't know there was another princess cinder immediately thought it was her but it is very interesting to me so Jacin has absolutely no idea who Cinder really is. He serves the queen's stepdaughter. I wrote in my notes, Iko is so here for the drama. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Winter is technically the only princess of Luna because Celine is yep. dead. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. <laughs> allegedly. So... And thankfully, Jason never knew of the plans to announce her true identity because that was by all of the other things they currently have going on. Yeah, that would have been a whoopsie daisy right there. Yeah. So, but I mean, who knows? Had she told him, hey, I'm Celine, like, who knows how? We may never, yeah, well, we might never get to find out if he would have supported her or not. It's, it's. If he would yeah. have believed, if he would have believed her, he might have also. I mean, he might have thought she was crazy. Er, then she already is. Then, then he already does. Yeah. yeah. 
So it hadn't even occurred to Cinder that there might be people who were loyal to the queen's stepdaughter, that he that she would have people that were loyal to her and not Lavana because the queen's stepdaughter is not of royal blood. And there's like this weird superstition on Luna that they have to be of royal blood. Uh-huh. He says that it's his job to protect her. Protect her from who, Lavana? Among other things. Among other things. That just brings up more questions. Meaning that, yes, he feels the need to protect her from Queen Lavana. Stepdaughter, evil queen, winter, leaving it there. Yeah. So, before that, and I'm sorry because I skipped over it, she asks him if he loves her. Don't try to push your swoony psychodrama on me. I'm sworn to protect her. Can't very well do that from down here, can I? Ooh, now who hit a nerve? Yep. Now who hit a wire? <laughs> I wonder if one of those he has. Right? So she says that she needs his help. I swear I can stop her, but I can't do it on my own. Are you going to let me in on this miracle plan of yours? And I wrote in my notes, she's definitely not now. Yeah. Yeah. She needs a little more trust from you, boy, first. Right? The trust that you did have was only because she thought you were loyal to her, and it's gone. Yep. So. (laughs) So, and then his line is you're just jealous you're just desperate because the strongest ally you have right now is lying in a drug-induced coma and so that brings it back to wolf and the reminder of this is all she has now she has a a human trapped in an android's body trapped in a ship's body she has an unconscious wolf soldier lunar wolf soldier who is going to be absolutely desperately distraught when he finds out where scarlet is a crazy doctor who's a thousand years old and a guy who's incredibly abrasive and doesn't even like her let alone supports her and apparently his only goal is to get back to this princess who isn't so and she thinks thorn is dead yeah it's not looking great for our girl here No, definitely not. So I I agree. She needs allies. Poor thing. Maybe she should, like, recruit people in the town or something. Like, she obviously has supporters there. Maybe she should start, like, her own Dumbledore's army or something. (laughs) But that is where we leave Chapter 35. Yes. This is a very dramatic chapter. This is why this chapter is, we're at like an hour and a half. That's why this chapter is by itself. <laughs> There's not room to do other chapters too. Yeah, no. And this was, this was a very important chapter. Like lots of bombs were dropped. Lots of important yeah. information. Lots of important discussions happened. So. Yeah. So what was your chapter title for this week? My chapter title was, um, None of is it none of my business by Cher Lloyd. Um, so yeah, none of my business by Cher Lloyd because I felt like it was on um on brand for Jason's why do you care? Like 
it's not your problem. Why are you trying to take down Lavana? So that was why I chose that one. I like that one. I chose Someone to Fall Back On by I Can't Go On, I'll Go On. One of my favorite songs, but it's also about just wanting to have allies. Mm -hmm. Feeling like you need allies. Yeah. So some of the lines are, I'll never be a knight in armor or a kamikaze fighter. Don't count on me to storm the barricades and take a stand or hold my ground. Mm -hmm. I am no prince. I am no saint. I'm not anyone's wildest dreams, but I will stand behind and be someone to fall back on. That's Cinder, you guys. She wasn't, she hasn't spent her whole life training for this kind of stuff. She hasn't even spent the last couple of months training for this kind of stuff. She doesn't see herself as this heroic leader who is destined to save this this planet and and the lunars and all this other stuff, but she's trying her best. Yeah, she's doing what she can. Yeah, and I just I I really feel like I resonate with her and that's I feel like that song resonates with how she's going through this chapter right now where she's just trying just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your quote for this chapter? My quote was on page 317 from Jason. And it is, what happened? Why is the ship screaming? (laughs) That is just, honestly, that's my first time with that character where then we get into the rest of this chapter and we really see his personality and we see like, we find out more about him. And I just think that is like the beginning of it. Um, yeah, I agree. And it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, again, that abrasiveness is, is yeah. very evident there. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> why is the ship screaming? What is going on? You guys are insane. <laughs> So that that's why I chose that one. I love it. <laughs> so this week there were two Easter eggs. No bonus words. Next Your week we're going to cover chapters. Huh? Your quote. Oh, my quote. My bad, bro. My quote. I think I've done that before, too. My <laughs> quote was <laughs> page 321. I'm sworn to protect her. Can't very well do that from down here, can I? Yes. Again, he's abrasive, but he's honest, and I yeah. kind of like this moment with him. I'm sworn to protect her. Yeah. We we harp on Lavana a lot, mm-hmm. uh, so it's interesting that she would even have people that are sworn to protect anyone other than her. Yeah. So it makes me wonder the, the relationships dynamics between her and this stepdaughter that we know nothing about other than the fact that she's the stepdaughter. Yeah. Well, and Kai, he, and Kai can't marry her instead of Levana because she doesn't have royal blood. Yeah. Well, and it just, this brings out another piece of him. Like I was talking about, we get so much from him in this chapter and in my mind, like, him saying I'm sworn to protect her to me, it feels more like more than just his job. Like he wants to protect her. That's what he wants to be able to do. 
and he can't do that. And it's probably right, because he's not crazy. He's not seeing this as a vacation from work. He no. wants to get back to work. Yes, because yeah. we all know Lavana. Who knows what kind of punishment someone else could be receiving for what he's done? Yeah, that's true. So there's a lot more emotions going on with him than he actually shows. He's not willing to share himself with the world. No. No. So this week there was two Easter eggs and no bonus words. Next week is going to be chapters 36 and 37. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe. Please fill out the listener survey. And Morgan, where can people find you on social media if they would like to do so? Um, They can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is lovelyreading, and it's L-O-V-E, and then Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Um, Some people think it's love, Leah, reading. But no, it's a play on lovely. <laughs> so <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of that, Leah, instead of Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for coming. Yes. I always love having you on here. Yeah. We don't get to do this as often because now I, I do other Patreon members for episodes. So I don't get to record with you as much as I used to. I know, but we have two recordings coming up in the next few weeks. So you're going to be getting sick of me. No, I'll never get sick of you. I'm still hoping the world will be safe by March so I can come to Texas and go with you to the North Texas Team Book Festival. Yes. And have popcorn for dinner again, because that was also fun for me. That was fun. That was good. (laughs) So everyone, please keep listening and keep reading. And until next time, don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Press by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Morgan Clark. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening. When we got Verizon 5G home internet, it sounded like it could handle all our needs. But one thing it couldn't handle was our frustration. And hey, we deserve reliable internet. It's time for better internet. Fast, reliable internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.